0: In 1990, sisters Seema and Renuka and their mother Anjanabai committed their first murder. Over the following six years, they'd gone to steal, kidnap and murder many, many more. It wasn't until 1996 that they were caught and the full extent of the horrific crimes they'd committed would come to light. This is Red Rum, stories about the true victims of crime. Sometime in the early 1970s, Anne Janabai met a truck driver and fled her home and headed to Pune City with him. In 1973, she gave birth to a daughter, Renuka, but the truck driver left the new mother and child and the pair had to fend for themselves. They managed to make ends meet by stealing and eventually, Anne Janabai met and married ex-soldier Mohan. The pair had a child together, this time another baby girl they called Seema. It wasn't long before Anjanabai's past caught up with her. The police began targeting her because of her previous dealings with petty theft and pickpocketing and they would harass her on an almost daily basis. Mohan couldn't deal with this and left Anjanabai and his daughter and then went on to remarry. This meant that Anjanabai, Renuka and Seema were alone and they very much returned to their life of crime with Anjana Bai encouraging her daughters to learn the rules of how to successfully steal to make a sustainable life for themselves. Oftentimes, she'd use her youngest daughter Seema as bait. This kind of life continued on for the next few years until eventually, the oldest daughter Renuka met and married a man she met called Kieran Shind. Kieran worked in Pune and he and Renuka had a baby boy together, But they were struggling to make ends meet and so they continued stealing just as Ranuka had done her whole life. A year after that marriage, in 1990, Renuka was at a local temple and she was attempting to pickpocket someone when she was caught. And when she was caught, the person who was being pickpocketed kicked up quite a fuss and so very quickly a crowd had gathered around them. But Renuka thought on her feet and she said that she couldn't possibly have been stealing. She showed them her young son and said anyone that had a responsibility of looking after a child wouldn't risk stealing. And the crowd believed her and so left her to it. Now this sparked something in Ranuka. She realised how easy it was to get out of trouble just by using her child. And she realised quite quickly that she didn't have to use her child, she could use any child and she went and told her mum and sister about what had happened. And they all agreed that next time they went out pickpocketing, stealing, doing some sort of theft, they would always make sure they had a child with them. Fast forward to 1996 and Anjanabai's ex-husband, Mohan, had gotten married to someone else and he had children of his own with his new wife. His youngest daughter was a nine-year-old called Kranti, and she had recently gone missing. Despite searching for days and days, they had no luck in finding Kranti. But Mohan knew exactly what had happened. He had been letting his ex wife stay with him. She'd fallen on hard times and he felt bad for her. And so he'd let her stay with him. And she brought along her two daughters, Renuka and Seema. Now they were all staying and they got to know Mohan's new wife very well. They got to know his children very well. But On the day that his daughter, Kranti went missing, things were extremely suspicious and he began to suspect immediately that his ex-wife had something to do with the disappearance. And this was because on that day that Kranti went missing, Anjanabai, Seema and Renuka all disappeared as well. He immediately filed a police complaint and he let them know exactly what he thought had happened. And so an investigation started. Police officer Cale was assigned to the kidnapping of the nine-year-old girl. And he started the investigation immediately and started looking for Anjanabai and her two daughters, who by now were aged 23 and 21. The trio were in hiding for at least a month, but they had no communication with the outside world. And so they didn't know what was going on and they didn't know they were being looked into for the kidnapping. And so when they resurfaced, they were arrested pretty much straight away. And the reason that they were arrested straight away wasn't because the police had just stumbled across this trio in the middle of nowhere and got lucky. It was because they were in the middle of another kidnapping. This time, it was Mohan's other daughter. Now, Mohan's new wife had seen this happening, seen this potential kidnapping happening, and she had called the police straight away and gotten them arrested. With Anjana Bai and her two daughters in custody, the police sent out a search team to the house, and what they found was quite telling. They found a number of items of children's clothing, and there were photographs around the house of birthday parties and other events where there were children in those photos who they couldn't identify. They didn't know where they'd come from. And many of them, they didn't know where they were at now. And Janabai was completely uncooperative with the authorities. And the police officer said that, quote, she would just sit there and look. Never once did that woman crap. And the eldest daughter, Renuka, also wouldn't tell the police anything that had happened. In fact, she just sat and was completely silent. But the youngest daughter, Seema, did tell the police exactly what had happened. She admitted that her and her sister and her mum had kidnapped the youngest daughter and she was just nine years old. They said it was very easy to convince her to come with them. She came and then they killed her and her body was in a sugarcane field nearby and the police did search that sugarcane field and they came across her remains pretty quickly. Seema had admitted to this and so Renuka really didn't have a choice but to say that this is what had happened. The girl's remains had been found after all. But Seema and Ranuka said that they had only ever done any of this because they were under the authority of their mother. It was soon revealed that Anjana Bai had never forgiven her husband ex-husband Mohan for leaving her and in her words betraying her and so she had plotted to take everything away from him and that started with his children and whilst this questioning was going on the investigating team was still back at the house and they were discovering more and more evidence that was incredibly compelling and pretty horrific. It was with the discovery of this evidence that the team realized that there was much more going on than solely one murder but they needed help. They needed someone who knew more details to help them piece together exactly what had happened. Thankfully, there was someone who could help them and he had a major reason to do so. Renuka's husband, Kieran, had also been arrested and he was looking at a pretty lengthy sentence in prison at the very least. And if not that, he was looking at a death penalty. And so Kieran agreed to be a state witness and in exchange for that, all the charges against him were dropped. Although the trio were arrested in 1996, the actual trial didn't get going until 1998 and by that time, Anjana Bai had fallen very unwell and by the time the actual trial came around, she had died in prison. The trial itself lasted for three years, it was an incredibly long trial and Kieran would tell the court that he thought there had been over 40 kidnappings and he said that in most of those kidnappings he acted as the getaway driver. The point of so many kidnappings was so that the women could have children around them when they committed the thefts. They would take the children to crowded places where they planned to pickpocket people of their belongings. If any of them got caught, or it seemed like they were about to get found out. They would use the children to either create a distraction or to evoke some sympathy. The first kidnapping was that of a child called Santosh, who Anjanabai used as a distraction in one of her pickpocketing, Uh, adventures. Her youngest daughter Seema was in the middle of pickpocketing someone's handbag when the person who was being pickpocketed had turned around and caught Seema in the act. Now Anjana Bai could see this all happening and she knew she had to act quickly so she made the decision to take the young child Santosh and throw them onto the floor with such force that everyone turned around and looked in that direction. Now this gave chance for Seema to run away and escape that situation. And of course Anjanabai wasn't bothered about the fact that she'd severely hurt this child. After that, Santosh had a pretty bad head injury and nothing was stopping the child from crying and so Anjanabai decided she didn't want to deal with that and so she killed him. She banged his head against an electric pole until eventually he died and she abandoned his body near an old rickshaw heap. This would become the focus for most of the subsequent murders. Whenever a child was either continually crying, and wouldn't stop or just wasn't useful anymore, they would be killed. Usually they would be hit repeatedly or sometimes thrown down the stairs. The records showed that missing children's reports were filed around these times that the trio were in these specific areas but they were often not followed up and it's reported that this was because those kidnapping reports came from poor families, usually from beggar families and so they just weren't taken seriously. At trial Kieran went on to say that after they had finished using the children they would do one of two things they would either abandon them at the side of the street and just let them go or they would murder them and then bury their bodies somewhere or sometimes just discard those on the side of the road too. One time Renuka convinced a beggar to let her take her child while she went to buy some milk Before the beggar had returned, Ranuka had fled with the child in her arms. Once the child was no longer useful, Ranuka abandoned her at a temple. One of the prime witnesses for the trial was the sister's neighbour. And this neighbour said that she had witnessed the violence that the sisters had done on Kranti, the nine-year-old girl who they had eventually killed. And she went on to say that, Her daughter had actually played with Renuka on many different occasions. She said, quote, God was kind enough to ensure that my daughter remained unharmed. We never knew about their credentials until the news appeared in the papers. Today we don't know whom to trust. At the trial, Kieran went on to give specific testimony about how after one murder, the two sisters had gone to the movie theatre. He said they bought snacks, sat down and placed a bag between their seats by their feet and inside that bag were human remains. After the movie finished, the sisters took the bag to the toilets and just left it there. It was reported in the New Indian Express that the trio was suspected in and there was information about 44 children that had been murdered but they couldn't find enough evidence to convict them of all of those murders. The evidence they did have though led to both sisters being convicted of 13 counts of kidnapping and 5 counts of murder. They were both sentenced to death, being the first women in 60 years to be sentenced to death in India. The defence had presented that the murders were committed by Anjanabai on her own and that the sisters hadn't had anything to do with it, but of course, they weren't believed. Quote, The case against the sisters is mostly based on the statement of approver Kieran Shind. When he was arrested, he gave a confessional statement before a magistrate naming Anjanabai as having carried out the kidnappings and killings with the sisters having little role to play. As Anjanabai died, even before the trial began, the police made him change his statement before the court. In the new statement, he blamed his wife and sister-in-law. Their death sentence was confirmed by Bombay High Court in 2004. The sisters were separated and sent to separate prisons and Ranuka was reported to have been very upset and very concerned with what future her children would have, which seems a bit ironic given the crimes that she's been convicted of. After a few years of good behavior and many official requests the sisters were actually reunited and sent to live in the same prison together in Yerwada. But Ranuka and Seema didn't keep up their good behavior. It's reported that they were aggravating to their wardens and to other inmates as well. In 2012 Nikita Duval reported that Since 1955, there have been 13 women on death row, although no one has ever actually been executed. In one petition that the sisters made for their death sentences to be commuted to life in prison, the sisters said, quote, "'The extraordinary and unjustified delay "'in execution of our death sentence "'has caused immense mental torture, "'emotional and physical agony to us.'" They added that they were only young at the time of their conviction, 25 and 27 years old, And they said that the abandonment by their dad at such a young age should go in their defence. But the Supreme Court judgment said that there were no mitigating factors in favour of the sisters, except, and I quote, for the fact that they are women. He added that the nature of the crimes and the systemic way that they were all carried out, the murdering and the kidnapping of different victims, demonstrated the depravity of the minds of them both. However, just recently, in January of 2022, the High Court did actually commute their sentence from death to life in prison. They murdered five children officially, and in reality, they probably murdered many, many more and they kidnapped over 40 children. But thankfully there is something that has come from this tragedy, a sort of light. Renuka had four children and the oldest of those children was just eight years old when his mum was arrested. He was put in a nearby juvenile home, but when he turned 18 he rented his own room, he was working three different jobs and he managed to get custody of his three younger brothers. He only managed to get that custody because of the type of person he is and the fact that he worked incredibly hard earning enough money to be able to financially support them. He had to give up an educational course in his second year of college because, he said, he had to earn enough money to be able to properly support his brothers. But now he does have a steady job as do two of his three brothers. The three youngest brothers visit their mum and auntie often and the eldest brother, who acts as their guardian even to this day, said that he will protect them at all costs. Thank you for watching this episode of Red Rum. I really appreciate you being here. Don't forget that we've got all the social media channels. I'll link our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter in the description box down below along with all the sources for this episode as usual. Bye.